Welcome to the Inner Trends Podcast. Welcome to the future of mobility. Simply stay on track. Welcome to a new episode of the Inner Trends Podcast with, as you might have noticed, a new host. I'm Britta Walters and I'm very pleased to welcome an amazing guest on the show, Henri Poupard-Lafarge, CEO of Alstom. With him, I'm going to talk about the future of mobility, as we always do on this podcast. But to be a bit more specific, today we are going to talk about the Alstom in Motion 2025 strategy. Very curious to find out more about Alstom's plans in the field of smarter and greener mobility. But before we do that, let's see what's happening at Innotrans. And who knows that best? Kerstin Schulz, Director of Innotrans. Kerstin, welcome on the show. Hi, Britta. How are you? Good, good. Well, we are about a year ahead of Innotrans. Are you getting excited yet? Yeah, very excited. Um, last week, we sent out an exhibitor invitation um, to apply for Innotrans and um, they are all applying. They are coming back. And um, yeah, we are over 90% booked by now. That's a good, a good information. <laughs> That's really good news. So um, can you say how many exhibitors will come or where do they come from? Are we as international as we used to be in the former years? Yeah, Innotrans has um, exhibitors right now from 57 countries. That means it's um, 64% international participation, which is really good. And um, more than 100,000 square meters are gone by now. So there are a few places left. But um, yeah, Innotrans is almost fully booked. Pretty good. So um, many companies from many um, countries, and of course, I, I assume most of the time they bring their CEOs. Are there special offers for CEOs at Innotrans? Yeah, there are many offers, and one of them are the executive tours on Friday. Um, it's a special offer for um, the executive level because the first days of Innotrends, it's always busy on uh, the booths at the exhibitors and in within the halls. Um, but on Friday, there might be a chance for the CEOs to make a round walk, an individual round walk to visit um, their suppliers, their um, customers, and um, their long-standing business partners. And um, they can do that individually. It's um, accompanied, uh, accompanied by the media. And um, yeah, it will be on Friday because uh, Friday is the last day from 9 to 2 p.m. They have the choice to go around and shake hands actually in person. I think the personal contact is something we all are longing for. And, and who actually participates in these executive tours? Could you give some examples from the former years? Yeah, in the last years, there were Lantal, which is a, a Swiss company, or Intel or General Electric. They walked around from the U.S., um, as well as Fujitsu from Japan and Solaris from Poland. And I hope many more next time. Sounds very exciting. Thank you, Kerstin. Thank you.
course, they are not only executive tours at Innotrance, but many more, such as the opening tour on the first day. And one of the companies who normally participate in these tours is Alstom. And now I'm very pleased to welcome Alstom's CEO on the show, Henri Poupa Lafarge. Welcome. Welcome. Good morning. We are very happy and pleased that you join us on our Innotrans podcast. As you might know, um, the overall topic of our podcast is the future of mobility. Therefore, I would like to take you on a little journey into the future. So let's pretend we lived in the year 2040. I wonder how life will be then. How will we travel? How will we transport freight? How will we get to work? I personally, I will probably take my bicycle because I was born in Münster, the capital of bicycles. Um, so everyone takes uh, a bicycle until we're old and gray. But how about you? Well, what you are mentioning, bicycles, riding bikes or scooters or any type of mobility systems are good for the last mile, actually. Maybe a little bit more miles if you are good at bicycle, but still you will need a backbone of mobility. And this backbone will definitely uh, be supplied, be provided by, by rail. I mean, this is the unique way of transporting so many people, so many passengers, so much freight on a very efficient and environmentally friendly way. So definitely in 2040, you will have the backbone as being the rail. But what will change as compared to today, it will be much more fluid. So you will take your bike and then you will enter the, the rail and it will be much more mobility as a service, designed for you, coming for you, autonomous mobility and so forth. Much more fluid journey, integrating the different modes of transportation. But you will still need to have your last mile or your last two miles and a, a, a strong and efficient backbone. So what's your personal vision of mobility in 2040? As you mentioned already, it's, it's a mix of many things, autonomous trains. But can you explain a bit more what's your personal vision of mobility? Well, you need, personally, you need to enjoy your mobility. Today, there are too much of mobility, which is just imposed upon you uh, because you need to go to work, you need to visit friends, you need to visit your families. But this time may be seen as a lost time. It has been seen as a positive time, either because during uh, your journey, while you are in trains, you are fully connected, so you can continue to do your work or continue to interact with your friends. For, for your last mile, when you are riding your bike, it's also something which is positive for your health. Uh, it will be in a safe environment, so it has been seen as positive, safe, enjoyable. So that's what really would change. I mean, today, fundamentally, too much of your mobility is being seen as a kind of an obligation which is upon you because you need to do something else. You need to enjoy uh, your mobility and, and be positive on your mobility. How about freight? What do you think? How are you going to transport freight in the future? Well, by, by, by definition, nobody wants to see freight being transported. So it will have to be transported, I would say, in a kind of uh, hidden time. Uh, and that's where rail also can take a, a huge importance because you can do that during nights if you have very silent type of uh, uh, transportation. The last mile has also to be extremely silent, enjoyable as well. So threat is something that you should not see. And to the contrary of what you have today, where when you are on an highway, for example, or in cities, you can see 
trucks and trucks and trucks. And when you are in cities, you see small vans everywhere and so forth. So you need to find a way either to use uh, metro systems to uh, have a freight or to use the trains, but you need to see a way so that freight is being transported without creating some negative impacts on the society. 2040 might seem to be quite far away, but of course, future developments like climate change can be influenced and should be influenced now. And as you said, of course, railway is an important factor um, to make mobility greener, which kind of takes me to my next question. Um, I read your, or as I saw your um, strategy, Alstom in Motion 2025, one focus will be innovation by pioneering smarter and greener mobility for all. I read that in your press release. <laughs> Could you explain a bit more the strategy? What are the main targets of the strategy Alstom in Motion 2025? Well, absolutely. I mean, you, you, you reminded it. The main challenge, not only of Alstom, of course, but the main challenge that the world is facing today is the climate change. So this is a general context. So we need to bring solutions which are helping to face this challenge and not the contrary. And we know that rail, as, as you have said, is by far the most environmentally friendly uh, solution. As I said at the beginning, it cannot be the only means of transportation. I mean, you have the last mile, you have different types of Uh, mobility systems. But definitely, it has to be the backbone. It has to be the backbone because in itself, uh, it uh, also it occupies less space. So it's not only a question of c pure CO2 emission, it's also land usage, which is extremely important for the biodiversity, for example. It's also the quality of life, such as, as I said, the noise, which is extremely important, any kind of particles and so forth. So we need to work in that direction in order to bring solutions which are improving all these different elements. And we are working on new innovation, new technologies. So it's not only uh, bringing new cost-effective solutions, but it's also bringing new solutions, whether we talk for traction systems and we are pioneering. When we say pioneering, it's uh, also uh, uh, we are referring to hydrogen technology, for example. We are referring to uh, battery technologies. But we, are, we need also to pioneer on other types of technologies which will definitively bring the health system towards its ultimate goal, which is to uh, uh, go towards the mobility, uh, the transition of the mobility. You mentioned new technologies. If I'm informed correctly, um, the strategy also includes reinforced investments in R&D up to 600 million euros per year, if I'm informed correctly. Um, so what are the technologies you're going to focus on in order to make mobility more sustainable? Is it fuel cells? Is it hydrogen? Is it a mix of all of these technologies? Absolutely. With the uh, 600 million euros, as you have mentioned, uh, we have today, we are a leader in, in mobility and we have the largest investment uh, uh, platform uh, in order to boost new technologies. So the two directions of the technology uh, is one, uh, green technology and smart technologies. And actually, we'll come back to that later on, but smart technologies are here to support green technologies. But as far as green technologies are concerned, uh, we are working on traction systems. We need to adapt to the different networks. So, of course, all the network cannot be electrified. Half of the network is today electrified. And for this uh, network, we need to improve the energy efficiency of our systems by making them lighter, for example, by using uh, new power electronics, for example. But we need also to invent new modes of uh, traction 
for the parts of the network which are not uh, electrified. And here we are talking hydrogen technology, so fuel cells. Uh, we are talking as well uh, batteries, uh, which can be used for smaller ranges, like up to 100 kilometers. So we have all these uh, uh, new technologies. But we are using as well other technologies to make our trains more environmentally friendly. Let me give you an example, which is uh, an important one for us. Uh, all our electronic boards in the past have lead included. And we are taking out of these electronic boards all the lead which is uh, uh, included there because this is something which is polluting. So all the recycling has to be improved. Now in the new, in the new trends, 95, more than 95% of the trends can be recycled. So we need to work on all the elements. Not only our trains should emit less CO2, but the way to produce trains should be also more environmentally friendly. Another big issue in mobility, of course, is the digital transformation. I mean, that's quite clear, I guess. Um, so it's we talk about fully connected public transport in smart cities. We talk about more digital services for passengers and, of course, autonomous trains. So what are your plans in these areas? Well, as you say, as I said at the beginning, one of the ultimate goals is that all the passengers are enjoying their trips and their journeys. For that, as you know, the basic is to be connected. People want to be connected every second of their life. So trains should be totally connected for the passengers. They should have access to uh, their normal working environment as if they were at their offices. Uh, they should have access to any entertainment that they want. So that's one which we are working upon. The second one is, of course, to optimize the operation of the train, we need to connect the trains as well. Uh, if you want to uh, fully rely on a public transportation system, this public transportation system has to work 24 hours a day, seven days a week. For that, of course, it has to be fully available, and we need to implement tools such as predictive maintenance in order to foresee any kind of failures which could occur on the network. So that's extremely important. For the capacity of the lines as well, and for the uh, energy saving, digitalization is absolutely key. Uh, when you are implementing a new signaling system, for example, Alstom uh, is implementing a new signaling system between Paris and Lyon. We are moving, we are adding new slots uh, to the line. So from basically 13 trains per hour, we are moving to 16 trains per hour. If you add that to the fact that the trains themselves, the rolling stocks themselves, will have 20% more seats, you are adding to the same line 40% capacity. And this is absolutely essential, not only from a cost standpoint, but also from an environmentally, uh, from an environmental standpoint. Because of course, what costs a lot, both in money, but also in terms of impact on the, on, on the environment, is to build new infrastructure. So by maximizing uh, the usage of existing infrastructure, you of course minimize the impact on the environment. That's extremely important. And in addition, I would say that these systems enable that we are talking about autonomous trains the all what is automated driving enables to have a kind of eco driving and to save up to 20 30 percent of energy just by driving the trains automatically so the first autonomous train will come online by 2023 so it's now we have talked a lot about it of course metros are automated for a long time but as far as main lines are concerned we are now really at the edge Uh, of the technology. So autonomous train we're going to see in 2023, you say? Yeah, the first trains with freight passengers will come. It will be a first prototype on the line, but it's really coming fast. Wow. 
Wow. And what are the main challenges uh, when it comes to autonomous trains? Or is it easy to develop? I don't know. <laughs> no, there are some, of course, there are large challenges. We are extremely demanding to these trains. Uh, of course, metros are operating in a very closed environment. So you can take as granted that nothing is on the track. So they just have to stop exactly at the right moment for, uh, the, for the doors opening and so forth. When you are talking about main lines, you need to make sure that the environment is entirely safe. And for that, you need to detect any obstacles on the line, uh, whatever the, the, the length, I would say, is. And as you know, it takes a lot of time for a train to stop. So we need to have a very long uh, range in front of the trains to be uh, fully monitored. And that is extremely complex. And of course, whatever the weather is. Uh, so we are extremely demanding. We, are, we want to make sure that we are making no, no compromise, of course, with the safety of our passengers. Uh, we need to make sure as well that the trains is detecting any signal systems. We don't want to uh, uh, implement, to invest too much on the line uh, because it will be extremely costly. I mean, you can all, uh, have always autonomous trains if you implement every uh, 100 meters, some video cameras and so forth, but this will be extremely costly. You want really the trains to be autonomous while using the existing infrastructure. So we were a little uh, about a year ahead of Innotrans, uh, which will take place live next year. So do you know already what you, what technologies or what trains you're going to present at Innotrans is going to be the autonomous train? Well, we are looking forward first to, uh, to Innotrans. It's always an extremely exciting and lively event. And not, we don't know exactly what will be uh, uh, the uh, trends which will be uh, shown. We want to uh, maybe to keep that as a wow effect. So we want to wait for, uh, for the end to uh, really show uh, the trends. We want to uh, portray our latest innovations. Each time we have shown, last time uh, we shown uh, also our fuel cells trains, which were a kind of wow effect. This was the first time and it, is, it has really changed, I have to say, the perception of hydrogen. A lot of operators which were doubtful about the hydrogen technology uh, in 2018, when they saw our trains in Aynotrans, it really made a difference. And since 2018, we have really seen the hydrogen technology uh, being recognized as being, not only by us operators, also by our competitors, I have to say, as being the uh, solution for long distance, uh, non-electrified network. So hopefully we'll uh, come back to a, a similar uh, wow effect, but, uh, Let's keep the surprise for Innotrans. Thank you so much, Mr. Poupin-Lafarge. That was really interesting. And of course, we hope to see you in person live at the Innotrans, as we all hope to meet at Innotrans next year. Until then, we keep you updated with the Innotrans preview and our Innotrans podcast. Stay tuned. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Looking forward to meeting you there.